0: Welcome to the Brownstoner podcast. I'm your host, Josh Schnepps, publisher of Brownstoner. My guest today is Adam Picelli, real estate agent with Compass's AK in the BK team. Welcome, Adam. Thank you very much for having me. Glad to be here. Uh, My pleasure. So Adam, you grew up in Park Slope and you specialize in Brownstone, Brooklyn. You've been in real estate for 20 years and have seen all kinds of things in the market. But before we jump into the first question, tell me, AK and the BK team, what does that stand for? Pretty simple. Adam is the A, Kim is the K, and we're
1: both in the BK, which is known as Brooklyn.
0: There you go. Okay, that that makes complete sense. So obviously, we're in the environment right now with COVID. So could you tell us, how has COVID affected your work day to day, and what impact is it having on the real estate market in Brooklyn and beyond?
1: I mean, I think that's a pretty deep and dense question. So my guess my my, uh, day-to-day is primarily affected, obviously, I think uh, with those with children around the children. So how are we handling that? How am I able to handle them in relation to uh, all the things that I need to do within real estate, which is primarily keeping in touch with everybody, marketing, and so on and so forth. And then also... Really trying to understand messaging and try and uh, you know all these incredibly emotional feelings that are going on. How can we be effective with with staying top of mind for people, but at the same time uh, not trying to be exploitive, trying to be empathetic and listen as well as then be part of the community. So it's actually quite difficult uh, in terms of your normal day to day. Then the market at large, I think has been really interesting. Uh, obviously COVID hit, we shut down, nothing happened. Then if you can imagine real estate is full of these mini cycles and really a mini cycle is, is, is defined by quarters. And so you had a full quarter where a majority of the people sat out and were also at home. So there was a lot of fantasy and fantasizing about real estate. There was a lot of looking online and then all of a sudden we started to reopen, things started to come around and uh, uh, people realized that either one of two things, either I'm leaving New York City uh, or I'm going to actually plunge in and do the real estate, buy the real estate, rent the real estate that I've been fantasizing about. And so you've had this emotional push since we've opened and actually markets have, uh, have been pretty strong. And there's been a wow. lot, of, lot of activity uh, primarily in Brooklyn. And I think you're seeing a lot of people move from Manhattan, continue to move and, and make that jump into Brooklyn, However, I want to say this with caution because I think right now uh, you know the emotions are very high, uh, and I think what 's happening is there are a bunch of emotional purchases um, it 's all going to be tied back to those kids. How are we going to go back to school? How is life going to resume? If life doesn 't resume, I think you 're going to see more and more people leave New York for the, at least the short term, which is then going to sort of drop things out so the market is 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 very interesting where you have a lot of people rushing in. There was this buildup of people over the as a result of sitting out. So you have almost two cycles coming in at once. So there's pressure on, on the current product that's 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 on the market. As that moves off, the question remains is will that pressure continue? And I I I don't know that it will. Uh, and I think you're gonna see large price drops. I know we're seeing large price drops in Manhattan, but that pressure of those people leaving either outside of New York City or coming to Brooklyn is keeping the Brooklyn market really strong. But I just don't know that that's gonna last and that's gonna handle. Uh, I don't think that that's gonna be a, a long-term uh, uh, trend that we're seeing. So I would imagine <laughs> that. I imagine that what we will be seeing is that as those emotional purchases start to get completed, Transacted, then all of a sudden reality is gonna is gonna hit us again in the fall. I think we just gotta
0: hold on. That's great perspective. Thank you. So you own several properties in Brooklyn and you develop land upstate and in Sag Harbor. What are some of the neighborhoods and types of properties you feel offer good value for potential homeowners in Brooklyn right now?
1: So you know what's interesting when I look at when I look at neighborhoods, I have five categories that I follow, I, uh, and in no particular order, any person is going to prioritize these five categories that are specific to them. One is going to be housing stock, uh, sort of the natural housing stock. How, is that, how are those homes already constructed? What is offering? What do they have to offer uh, in the current market? Two is going to be um, proximity to trains, Manhattan uh, in particular, and offices. Uh, three is going to be uh, commercial conveniences. So what sort of bars, restaurants, um, uh, uh, pharmacy, uh, dry cleaner, uh, grocery stores, how, how are you in proximity and what are those, what neighborhood uh, are, how, how, what, I don't know if I can say this correctly, um, what does the neighborhood offer in terms of those conveniences? Uh, fourth is going to be schools. Uh, so, uh, where are the schools uh, in relation to the neighborhood? How are they rank within the city? Uh, and then, five is gonna be parks and sort of mm-hmm. out, outside placing. So, now that we're in COVID uh, in particular, a lot of those priorities shift. We're no longer going into Manhattan, we may not be going back to school. Uh, so, you're going to see people shift primarily into the housing stock in particular. So, what do they have to offer? How is the outdoor space? Um, where, what, what, what is my life at home going to be now that the kids are not in school, I'm not going into Manhattan. Where are my parks? Where are my commercial conveniences? So, uh, those, you know, priorities shift and change. You could each demographic in terms right. of age and, and economic background is going to have a different, uh, varying, uh, desire in terms of that prioritization. So in short, um, I think you're going to be looking at uh, um, neighborhoods in particular, uh, where I would look at are going to be uh, Sunset Park. I think Sunset Park is a great is a great opportunity. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, you know my favorite neighborhood is Fort Greene. I live in Prospect Heights. I'm from Park Slope. However, Fort Greene to me is the best, is one of the best neighborhoods, and uh, if not the best neighborhood in the city. Um, for any number of reasons for all of those categories they score it scores incredibly high so uh you know as markets start to sink what happens is is that if you can draw a consent you know these these sort of bullseye and then concentric circles around that bullseye uh, those are the neighborhoods that sort of uh that that grow out of the bullseye what happens is is that in really tight markets people focus more on the concentric circles most of the people can't afford that bull, bullseye or the pressure so high within that bullseye. But as the market starts to recede, people start to focus. They feel the, the ability to be able to focus back on that bullseye. So in Brooklyn, your bullseye is going to be right around downtown, really at the apex where you have Prospect Heights, Park Slope, Fort Green, Boreham Hill, kind of uh, all of the main arteries, Flatbush, Atlantic Avenue, Fourth Avenue, all coming together at the Williamsburg Savings Bank. That's the bullseye, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you kind of move out from there. Uh, so, um, in short,
0: I'm not sure (laughs) because downtown Brooklyn, you know, the transportation is always a key wherever you're going to live. And obviously all those points that you made are terrific. And I think, you know, that has been a major heartbeat of the city for a very, very long time.
1: Exactly. It has. And it's, and to your point, it's all about the trans transportation hubs. Uh, it's also several parks, including Prospect Park, is all very uh, within walkable distance. Fort Green Park, um, this, all the schools around there are all excellent, uh, and uh, uh, then the commercial conveniences are off the charts. Uh, so you, you know, you, and as well as then obviously the, the, the given housing stock in, in that area in particular is 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 you know mostly or heavily sought um, after. So. Uh, you know, that is where you want to go. That's nothing new. People know that, um, you know, sort of emerging neighborhoods. If you were to look, where can I go? How am I going to, and it's all primarily around deals. You know, that whenever I get that question, it seems to be mm-hmm. like, okay, what's the emerging market? Where am I going to be able to put my money in? And how am I going to be, you know, and that, how's that money going to grow over the course of the next period of time? And, and unfortunately that's not a necessarily a, a, a really easy uh, question to answer at the moment. However, um, I would look, if you are looking for some form of deal that scores high within all those categories, Sunset Park is a great, is a great option, uh, really uh, just a working class neighborhood, great housing stock, uh, really good uh, uh, restaurant, uh, restaurants, bars, or conveniences, all those things are there. Uh, the, the proximity to the trains, when and, when and if you're going back to Manhattan, uh, Express Stop, only two stops into Manhattan uh, and, uh, and then great views out over the city. So it's, it's, it's one of my favorite neighborhoods. Um, otherwise I would look at Prospect Heights, which is where I'm from. That's sort of uh, in the middle of it all. Uh, easy walk to Fort green park, park slope, downtown Brooklyn. Um, you know, but I'm not sure there's many deals to be had there. So, you know, I guess, again, it all goes back to, I would say, well, what are you looking for? And then, and then I could, I could give you specifically, but I would say, Uh, Best neighborhood, my favorite neighborhood, Fort Greene. If you're looking for emerging markets, um, uh, Sunset Park. uh, And if you want something right in between, uh, Prospect Heights is the way to go.
0: Well, I'd love to talk about your background and how you got into real estate because you have a great background. So you directed music videos, commercials, photo shoots. Very cool. Um, You play ultimate Frisbee. Yeah. And you even coach girls across. That is correct. I do all those things. So talk to us about you know, how that led you into, into real estate.
1: Well, I was a production designer, not a director. However, I did make a bunch of those things as well, but primarily known as a production designer um, for music, video, commercial, television. Uh, and really, uh, I was responsible for that time to creating these branded environments, You know, sort of signature era, uh, environments that we would record either film or television uh, for specific artists. Um, and then i uh, sort of you know, moved from the commercial television and uh and and photo into more you know the internet was being invented at that time <laughs> and uh uh um i w- went to go work for david bowie actually uh bowie hired me wow. to uh to help with uh he had started a company that uh um was Sort of creating subscription sites that had never been created before. Uh, I, I uh, pitched the NFL and uh, was awarded the NFL subscription site so we were the first subscription site for the NFL. Uh, I helped Very out cool. on I helped out with Major League Baseball as well as Bowie and a couple of other a uh, couple of other music bands too. I was um, and from there uh, basically started my own agency with a, with a colleague of mine and we were actually branding Y&R, which was uh, you know one of the largest branding agencies in the in the world, and we you know that's when we thought wow we've really made it if we're branding Y&R. Um, long story short, he and I had a tumultuous relationship, uh, business relationship where he was uh, you know caught spending one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand dollars on illicit products and women out in Vegas, and uh, and 11 uh, hit. We had to sort of rework our whole thing. Uh, we had just signed big, uh, big deals with Ralph Lauren, uh, American Express, and a bunch of other people, uh, all of which sort of backed away just because no one, was under, no one understood what was going on in 9-11. Um, going through the books, I found all, these, all, these, uh, uh, all this information out where, uh, you know, he was flying into Vegas and spending lots of money. Uh, over a weekend on various things, and uh, um, was like, "Well, first of all, you never invited me. Second of all, uh, um, what are <laughs> you doing? And uh, and we're not going to make it now that you've spent all the money. So, so what do we want to do? Basically, uh, at that point, we broke up. Um, I was in a non-compete for a period of time, and uh, literally three or four days later, I was walking uh, to get a paper and some half and happen- half in happen- I came back with a job in real estate, um, and I never, I never looked back, actually. Um, but there's, there's always been this sort of, I, I know it seems non-linear, however, there, are, there is a very linear sort of line that led me to real estate, which is you know, understanding people's environments, the emotional attachments that they have within those environments, uh, how much they're willing to pay for those environments, and uh, uh, and being able to prioritize that, and even though I got into it from the creative end, I think at the end of the day, um, my my um, I like making the deal more than anything else. Uh, it was more I became the sales guy as opposed to a, a you know creative director and designer. And although I still feel steeped within that, um, and uh, and I think honestly the the design and the understanding of how spaces work and, space, and, and, and spatial relationships, how they work, um, has led to, uh, I think, the success in, in being, able to, uh, being able to sell.
0: And share a little bit about your team and how you built that out.
1: So we're still building that out. I've managed a bunch of teams in the past, um, and uh, um, I, at my height, I was you know, well into, well over a hundred million in sales annually, Uh, and, uh, and I think my best year, I did 159 transactions in one year, which was, uh, yeah, which was a lot of transactions. I, I did, uh, I had, uh, 14 people on my team at that point, um, with, uh, with, uh, you know, two admin and marketing people and then agents. And primarily when you look at a team, um, uh, a team is really often or most of the teams are built around either one or two lead brokers. And then there's this overspill or this runoff where you hire, you re- recognize that you're not able to capture everybody. Um, and, uh, uh, so you hire people to come onto your team to be able to capture that runoff or that spillover, uh, um, of, of the two senior or one or two senior brokers. And those people come on and they, they're basically, um, uh, sort of trapped within the team because there's enough business to keep them there, to keep them fed. Uh, however, it's not, doesn't allow them to really go out and uh, and try and achieve all the things that they've wanted to achieve. So um, I took this little sidestep from real estate for a little while. I invented a product uh, that's a synthetic paper. There's another story altogether, together. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's now coming to, coming to market. It's actually now, we're now um, uh, gonna be replacing all Burger King's, uh, uh, all of their products in there, so on and so forth. That's a whole I nother thing. It. Yeah, that's a pretty cool, actually, it's a pretty cool uh, uh, sort of uh, diversion, but back into where the question was. So I, I looked at this and I thought, you know, um, I'm gonna try to attack this from a different point of view uh, and working with Compass in particular, um, uh, working within their, their sort of construct uh, I decided to leave uh, Corcoran, come to Compass, and um, basically build a team where I, in essence, become a manager. Uh, and um, I have my own business, uh, and I do share that with some of my teammates, or I don't share that with some of my teammates. It depends on what, you know, each individual, uh, um, I guess, each individual deal. Uh, but the idea is to for people to come on, in particular, brokers who have done, have been in the business for three to five years, there, there. Uh, you know, there's a saying that um, uh, you know, ten percent of the brokers do ninety percent of the business. Uh, Nine. That means ninety percent of the brokers are struggling to get that ten percent. So how do you go from the ninety to the ten? And oftentimes, just like anything else in professional sports, you know, you look at the, you look at the, 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 the body types and the speed and all these attributes of these athletes, and you're like what is the difference between this person and this person and why is this person so much better than this person and if you look at their statistics they're they're almost identical so what is it um and a lot of that is going to be coaching situation a lot of that is going to be why is everyone so good on belichick's team mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he understands how to he understands how to put the person in the right location and so that's the same thing that we're trying to apply here which is we have folks that have been coming on that have been you know feeling as though they want to take on more and do more but are struggling to figure out how to take that how to jump that gap and and take that leap and so i've been there i've done it i've been uh you know i've been at the bottom i've been at the top and i've been everywhere in between and so what i found out one of my skill sets was to be able to i look look at that identify and just make small tweaks small adjustments and and so far it's been working I, i i have a couple team members who've come on who were annually doing five, six, seven million you know a million a year in sales and uh, and just listening to them, spending time with them, tweaking them a little bit, no, t- trying to give them guidance on when to close a deal or when to pull back um, very small sort of motions and movements and it 's been working those members that have been at that five mil- million are now already at ten million halfway through uh, and and more and so the idea is to come and utilize my experience. Oftentimes when someone sits in front of you within real estate, the first question is gonna be, what's your experience, how much have you sold? You know, that's gonna be the one thing. And so what enables, one of the, the things that we approach is that there's two things that you can do to, to really obliterate those types of concerns and make people feel immediately comfortable, which is to one, be a market expert. So you must know every single product that has been on the market, that is on the market, how quickly it sells, what the price is, where it's going to, you know, how long it, the absorption rate is going to be, when it's going to sell, how it's going to sell, so on. So that's one. Two, you can you can say I'm a member of a team that has done over a billion dollars in, in business. And so immediately, you know, someone feels very comfortable that they're part of a team, uh, that there's a team member that has done a, over a billion. There's a collective experience of in my experiences over 20 years. So, but there's a collective experience of over, you know, 30, 40 years, and uh, as well as then being that industry expert. So I try to just instill that concept into uh, the agents that come and join us, uh, and then uh, help guide them to try to achieve the things that they wanna achieve. And each person's gonna be different. Each person, one person may be happy at 10 million, another person may wanna get to 50 million. Um, but all are starting from around that three to five million. So how do we do that and what do we do? Um, So the difference of my team, it really is that uh, I don't feel responsible for uh, creating the spillover or the the overrun to feed all my agents, uh, or to feed all the agents that are on the team. What I'm trying to do is empower the agents to go out and, and feed themselves.
0: Well, I feel like you talked a lot about what you bring to the table and what's special about you and your team, but what do you think clients say that they appreciate about working with you?
1: Well, I'm going to give it to them straight, uh, you know, at my own detriment. Uh, oftentimes, I think people who, who uh, get in are, we lock into these, these price ranges and these things that we want to achieve, these things that we believe that we can achieve. You know, the home is an extension of your personality. And the last thing you want to hear from anybody is some sort of reality check uh, on on your the extension of your personality. And so um, I'm gonna I know how to I, I know how to get you into the reality without uh, alienating you, and trying to create a plan forward that I know is achievable, uh, and uh, and then being able to execute that. So um, really, I think the pe- the reason why people come to me is is just the vast experience that I've had, uh, you know, I've done thousands of deals. So there's just not, there's not, uh, I mean, one of the great things about real estate is that, is that, you know, each deal is individual and each deal really yep. is new. And there's always gonna be something that you necessarily weren't ready for. But, but because of the experience that I have, I'm able to draw from, uh, uh, able to draw from that experience. And at the, at the end of the day, or really, work for i work for the client the client tells me what they want to do and i and and it's my job it's our job as the team members to be able to either is be able to achieve their goals for their success and um uh, you know and if it's not working be able to be honest with ourselves honest with the clients and say this is not working we need to make a shift and this is and this is where i think we need to go so i think the reason why people come to me is is their understanding of my, of my knowledge and background, uh, and uh, the comfortability uh, that they have with, with the honesty that that uh, that we try to bring to the table, and then really, it's just it, it comes down to the the the, um, uh, the market experts. You know, I, I know the markets, uh, I know the products. I can you can tell me a uh, a house or a building at any given sort of block in any neighborhood, and even if I haven't walked in it. Uh, I can tell you pretty much what's, go- what's going on in there, and uh, mm-hmm. and then also everything that's around. So the, all the resources and team that comes around that, which are going to be the bankers, the uh, the uh, um, uh, engineers, and the various people that you that each individual requires uh, to be able to feel comfortable with that transaction, to know what's what that transaction, to know the property that they're buying, and understand what is going to be required of them moving forward. So. Um, basically, just industry knowledge. That's why people. Yeah, come.
0: that's amazing. Well, you, you you discussed how you currently live in Prospect Heights, and you touched on some of the neighborhoods that you know you feel are good right now. But how can a potential buyer figure out what neighborhood is right for them, and where they should focus their own efforts?
1: It goes back to those five categories. So um, I I I I'm a big proponent of uh trying to categorize or list certain things um and uh which which and then you can create a one to five range of where it ranks and then you are, are able to uh, uh take that information and look at it more from a uh a statistical point of view as opposed to an emotional point of view so one of the biggest things in real estate and where you're going to be Uh, You know, those who are really good at selling real estate are those who are really good at exploiting emotion. And so, what you must do as a buyer or as a seller is to remove your emotion from your transaction. And how do you remove your emotion from your transaction? You apply numbers and you take a look at the statistics and then allow those statistics to generate a, a direction and then your emotion and then allow your emotion to come in. So, for example, you go back to those five categories, housing stock. Is the housing stock most important? Do you need a brownstone? Do you want a townhouse? Do, I mean, do you want a, uh, do you want a condo? Um, do you want a co-op? How, do you want pre-war, new, all those things. So you have a, people have predispositions on what they might want. Secondarily is gonna be proximity to trains. Before COVID, everyone's basically going to Manhattan to work, so how long do you want your commute to be? Uh, what trains, you know, where is your office? My office is located on the two, three. Okay. If you're on a two, three, the South slope is not going to be good for you. The two, three is nowhere near. So you're going to have to take, you're gonna have to walk six, seven blocks to a train, take another, uh, take that train, hook up to, uh, the two, three Atlantic Avenue and, and, and then go into the city. So that, that may be good for some people, but that may be good for the main, not be good for a lot of people. If you have kids, schools are going to be paramount. How the schools sit, uh, uh, Workout. Where am I going to go? Um, then it's going to be commercial conveniences. How do where do I go to get my prescription filled? Where am I going to drop off my dry cleaning? How am I going to shop? Where am I going to go to eat? What, um, where am I going to go to have fun at the bars? Uh, and then uh, health and wellness, parks. Where am I going to walk? Where am I going to walk my dog? Where am I going to where are the kids going to kick the ball around? How are they going to? Uh, how am I going to work out? Uh, Where am I going to get some relaxation? So people need to prioritize those five categories on what they believe is important to them, then allow, and and you can go literally one to five on each of those categories that will show you where your priority is or where the, the neighborhoods rank within those priorities, I should say. And then that will identify the neighborhoods that you want to go to. And there's going to be a lot of things that a, a bunch of neighborhoods that, that for example, um, uh, you know, I also lived for a short period of time in Flatbush or what we call now Ditmas Park. And, uh, and I'm a huge fan of Ditmas Park, uh, for a many number of reasons, all those things we just discussed. Um, uh, uh, you know, but a lot of people necessarily don't think about Ditmas Park. And then all of a sudden you start to go work through your list and you prioritize, you number one through five, what you what each one of those categories are. And you're like, Oh my God, Ditmas Park is actually something I never thought of, but what a great neighborhood. Let's Let's, let's look at that. And, yep. and, and so hopefully that opens people up, doesn't really close them in. And then we can also focus on neighborhoods. Uh, um, and so once you're focused on a neighborhood, you're likely to transact. It's those, pe- those clients that are like, I don't care where I live, I can be in this neighborhood or that neighborhood or this neighborhood or that neighborhood. Um, those, those, that lack of focus inevitably leads to a very frustrated buyer very frustrated agent so it's the agent's responsibility to be able to prioritize get them get that that customer to focus and have them feel good about that focus so you can transact
0: yeah these are all great points mean, like we said numbers don't lie so then they don't get emotional so that's the thing and start, you know
1: man. and you got to look for those brokers and i just sort of buyer beware those brokers that tug on those emotional those strings all the time you know, you just got to be aware that maybe those emotions aren't doing uh, the customer uh, uh, justice, and 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 ultimately, on, honestly, it's the brokers that that are that are winning in those in those scenarios. So, remove your emotion, try to focus on the numbers, either a a um, asking price, selling price, priority numbers in terms of the categories that I was talking about, and that that gives you the confidence, which then you can apply the emotion to once you find what you want.
0: So early in our conversation, you talked a little bit about where the market is during COVID, what might happen in, you know, the near term, but overall, do you think it's a good time to buy or sell a home in Brooklyn? And, you know, I think if you could touch on where interest rates are, because I feel like that has a lot to play in this as well.
1: Well, so interest rates are still at an all time low. Um, so when you look at that, <clears throat> I mean, you know, our economy is 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 in essence in the shitter at the moment. So, uh, uh, you know, interest rates are going to remain low for a period of time. Um, and that's always a good time to buy. So no matter what the situation is, uh, when you're able to capitalize on, on inexpensive money, um, you should always, you know, that should alert everybody to buying. Now, the counterpoint to that though is that if you are one of the 30 million without a job you're or in furloughed you're not going to be eligible for those loans so it, it's 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 a knife that cuts both ways um and so we you know it you, we just got to be cognizant of that as you get into it and recognize how to work within that system and there's still options for those that uh that find themselves in that position there's still plenty of things out there to do um but Give me back to the, give me back to the original question. I had a little bit of
0: a, a, a you know, I, I diverted a little bit there. Um, you, you, talked a little bit about where the market is and you know, where it might go. Gotcha. Uh, but you know, where, is it a good time to buy or sell a home in Brooklyn now? Well,
1: I don't know. That's a really complicated question. Um, uh, it, it, because there's so much uncertainty, um, I think this market is, uh, you know, when I went back to what I said previously, you want to try to remove emotion. I think this market currently right now is full of emotion. And so, um, uh, and you have a, uh, you have sellers who are looking to move um, and who would not have been looking to move previously. You have buyers who are looking to buy Who would have not been looking to buy previously, but because of this, because of this crazy emotional situation that we find ourselves, you know, globally, um, uh, you have people moving into categories and areas and doing things that they wouldn't have normally done. So I think that that creates a sort of tumultuous market. Um, I think you're uh, so. If you have to move, if you have to buy, which you know, in a normal state that people need to move, they need to buy, they, you know, they, they either are moving into the area or moving out of the area for whatever reason it may be, work or personal reasons or whatever it is, that's a, you know, in a city of 8 million people, that's gonna happen continually. And those people, you have to be smart about what you're doing, but it doesn't account for the number of people who are leaving because of COVID and the number of people who are looking to migrate because of COVID. And so you have a lot of white noise in this market. You have a lot of emotion, both from the buyer and the seller, and a, and and largely those th- th- that marketplace is driven on that. And I'm going to give you a perfect example in the Hamptons. I've done I've transacted about 15 million in Hamptons in the last like two three months here, which has been, uh, wow. you know, yeah, which has been great um, for me and for other people as well. But I have a number. You know, if you look at that market, that market was basically flat uh there was really you know everything's for sale uh only those people who are very serious um uh were uh were were selling um or and you know or you had a specific sort of show place type of property that's priced well and, and people are, and people would buy it but the transactions were low uh marketplace was 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 very it was again flat which is the worst place to be in, in terms of uh you know being a broker in a sense where you know, you want, your, you, you want your markets being going up or down. Uh, either way, um, you know, you are able to transact. When they're flat, you have a standoff between buyer and a standoff between seller. And that's, that's the hardest thing to overcome. Um, but COVID came in, everyone moved out of New York City, said, so, you know, now's the time. If I can afford the Hamptons, now's the time to get that secondary home. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna focus on the Hamptons or I've been renting in New York City. My apartment's way too small. The kids are going to be at uh, um, distance learning. I want outdoor space. I, you know, for a million bucks, I can get something out there uh, that's going to be much better for me. I'll continue to rent and I'm going to buy out there. Um, again, your emotional, you know, your emotional state is moving these people out into the, into the secondary market. Now all of a sudden it goes from flat to elevated. So we go from a, uh, you know, a literally a 15 to almost 20% jump and prices in the Hamptons where they were flat or sagging for the last six years, based upon this emotional, this emotional movement. And, and so now things aren't appraising, uh, uh, you know, you find yourselves in this crazy sort of market? Um, so long story short, uh, I think it's going to be great for areas outside of the city. I think the market's going to be great for, uh, for a short period of time in Brooklyn, I think in New York, um, you know, no international money, uh, you know, a, a, an emotional concept of how I might wanna live, uh, 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 a better way of life is pushing it. So I think you're gonna see big push down in price. Uh, and um, So I think
0: we just gotta hang on. <laughs> I don't, no, a, I don't know if I answered your question. But- environment. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so talk to me. What's in store for the future of AK in the BK?
1: Well, I mean, what's in store? More of the same. Um, you know, I want to attract uh, uh, young brokers uh, who are uh, who are looking to uh, better their uh, their numbers, who are looking to, to, to create a larger number of transactions, uh, and uh, and be just you know better. Provide better service. Um, we want to, uh, um, you know, we always focus on our service uh, primarily to the customers and the clients, um, and really kind of grow. I mean, I've been I've been in New York City. I've been transacting in the in, in the Hamptons, and I've been transacting up in the uh, up in the Hudson Valley, uh, both from a development standpoint as well as uh, as well as just a, 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 a you know one off sales. Uh, real estate standpoint. So, be able to approach our people here within the city and try and help them achieve uh, the desired goals that they want within their real estate, Uh, whether that be their primary residence in the city, their primary residence or secondary residence out in the Hamptons and up in, in the Hudson Valley. So, just give them as much information and as much ammunition as they can, meaning the clients so that they can feel as though they're armed the best in order to make the best decisions for themselves moving forward.
0: Well, Adam, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. And and thank you so much for being with us today on the Brownstone podcast.
1: My pleasure. Anytime you let me know, and I'll be back. Terrific. All
0: right, cool, man.